0: This is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards is working on the soundhealthportal.com. I know she threw on her tool belt early this morning and started working on the Sound Health Portal. And to find out more about the Sound Health Portal, go to soundhealthportal.com. I really would suggest Going down, getting past all be like, free, try this, do that. Scroll down toward the bottom, find the tab that says videos, pick a subject that you find interesting, watch that video, and what that will be is that will be a live demo, an online demo with Sherry working with somebody, doing an intake, which means the person speaks into a microphone or to their computer, it gets recorded, and then the software breaks their, that vocal, what we call a vocal print down into bits and bytes and runs it through the software, or what she's working on, let's say it's methylation, where everything breaks down and transforms, hormone cascades, all that kind of thing. You watch the work done with Sherry working with somebody, and then when you go back, then after you've watched that, then go back, look at the campaigns, which are free software packages that you can run your, have your vocal print run through, click join, choose the campaign, sign up, and it'll walk you through everything. I just think it's a much better way than just scrolling around because it can be like, what is all this? Watch one of the demos. It's a, it's a great way to learn about the Sound Health Portal. It gives you so much more information that you have a great foundation to go there and try it. And then once you get the report in the, as an email, sit down with a cup of tea, review it. And then if you have a healthcare practitioner who you think would be interested in reviewing that, take it to them and talk with them about it. And then see if you want to do more. I really think that's the way to go. Here and share replays of this show about 20 to 30 minutes after you have the outro music. You can go to Talk To Me Guy, all words, scroll down that page, and you'll see this show with Marilyn Preston at the top. And in the show notes will be all the links that we talk about, any of the videos that we refer to, or other things that come up in the conversation I'll add to those show notes. And right below that, is a player so you can listen to it right from there and or it works really well on mobile devices it streams really well right below that are a bunch of podcast players which just click on that and choose the one that you like also at the bottom of the show notes is a little microphone and if you want to leave me a message make a suggestion make a comment have a question for the guest just click on that leave me a message i'll get it and possibly i'll answer you especially if you leave an email with that, who among us, red state, blue state, even in our current state of COVID confusion, isn't sick and tired of being sick and tired? Of course, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's helping you find the light inside that tunnel that motivated prize-winning journalist Marilyn Preston to write this timely and provocative second edition of her Amazon best-selling book, All is Well, The Art and Science of Personal Well-Being in this thoroughly updated and outspoken new COVID edition guides you to evidence-based practices that help you energize from within, build strength, prevent sickness, breathe better, sleep more, and find your own life-changing path to somatic healing and self-acceptance. If our wretched world-resetting experience of COVID-19 taught us anything, it's this, Marilyn writes. When push comes to pandemic, Your Well-Being is Your Responsibility. Marilyn Preston, journalist, author, well-being expert, and Emmy-winning producer, joins us to talk about All is Well, the Art and Science of Personal (laughs) Well-Being, the COVID edition. Welcome, Marilyn.
1: Ah, Richard, thank you. Thank you so much. What an introduction. Ha! (laughs) Who is that woman? (laughs) I want to talk to
0: her. I know. Exactly. (laughs) I want to meet this woman. Yes, exactly. I want to start at a a slightly, no, I'll start here. I was going to start else, but I'm going to start here. This is, it's live, everybody. I'm actually thinking. Start where you are, we'd like to
1: Thank you. Start
0: where you are, yes. How did your career of writing about the mind-body connection begin? You are a, I don't know that people use this term, but I think you're like a classically trained actual journalist. How did you, how did you yes. decide to write about the body-mind connection?
1: Uh, it's, um, what a great question to start off with. Uh, I like to say I'm, I'm a trained journalist from back in the day when journalists had training. I um because now we have journalists are the same as bloggers and bloggers are journalists don't <laughs> ever call me a blogger please so <laughs> um I I had a class. I started out working at the Chicago Tribune that was my hometown at that point wonderful paper wasn't quite the New York Times but it was very distinguished in the Midwest and I had a great job there uh after getting I got a master's in journalism, and they had to go to work after that. And uh, so I was a part-time critic in the arts. So I was covering movie, uh, movies and um, plays and cabaret singers. And then I also was a feature writer, which I, which I loved, because that just gave me license to look at anything. So back in, back in the day, that would be the um, early 70s, I was very interested in mind-body medicine and I would it, it really didn't exist in Chicago in the early 70s in a way it was like underground but it really did exist in California so I was at that point able to make some trips out there and begin to inform myself um, but back to your back to your question what happened in my own life is that I was getting ready for a bicycle trip my husband and I I uh, decided, <laughs> which was very advanced at the time, to take our bicycles, just with two couples and bicycles, to France and ride around wow. France. It was a wonderful idea, and it turned out to be a wonderful trip. However, I thought, mm, am I in shape to kind of do that? You know, I, I felt I kind of was. I was closing in on 30, and I said, I, I think I'll just go over to the local park and, like, run a few blocks, see what that feels like. So what it felt like was a near-death experience. I was, <laughs> whoa, I couldn't believe I mean, I was functional. I just had no idea that I had, oh, I don't know. Anyway, but we went on the trip, and it was, we paced it beautifully. It was a ton of fun. But when I got home as a journalist, and this is what I love about that field, is that it kind of gives you license to research what you want to know. <laughs> and I wanted to know why was I so uncomfortable with exercise exertion, that kind of thing. So um, I uh, came to the paper with the uh, newspaper with the idea for a new kind of column because all of the doctor columns in my paper and papers around the country were really about pills and hemorrhoids and mm-hmm. uh, what more pills you could take and pimples and it was just not, it was not oriented to what I was interested in, which was Mind body um, uh, holistic health. I was very interested in injury prevention. I, I, I was, you know, I was a consumer of healthcare and I wasn't getting what I needed. So I hurried the story along. I came to the paper with an idea for a new column, and um, it became syndicated. And I wrote that column for 43 years. Every week wow. I would write a column. Wow.
0: That's amazing. There's a a journalist that I listen to quite a bit because he's on tech panels, and his name is Ed Jarvis, and Ed Jarvis teaches journalism at the City College of New York and has forever, and Mm -hmm. he was a TV guide editor. He was written, you know, started magazines. He's a writer like yourself, (laughs) Yeah. and it's such an interesting I, I i'm a talker as we were talking about backstage i don't write because i because of some learning disabilities when i was younger being dyslexic so i don't write i talk but i've always admired people who write because it's such a the ability to take you know really just scribblings on a page and turn it into a flow of information Often when you're writing a column, you have an idea when you start, and you want to kind of build the body, and then you get to a conclusion, conclusion. and In a column, I read herb Kane forever <laughs> yeah, and it's that kind of thing yeah. where it's a single column it's not like you have books like your book all as well it 's not mm-hmm. like that. A column is a very short space, really, and it, I think it's an amazing skill.
1: Um, oh, thank you for that, but I must say you are a, an ex- you are a great talker you talk in whole sentences and if you ever wanted to do a book something you know be a writer all you would have to do would be to get a transcription of your of of, of you how you are when you're speaking and the book would be written for you because you're able to do that anyway <laughs> good for you um, <laughs> it, it, what, what was interesting I think in my life is I did that column As as a side job, because I went on after leaving the paper to become a producer, a TV producer, and wrote plays and did other things as a writer. Um, But I kept the column going because I was so – I thought it was so important to learn about things that I wasn't – and spread it on. I mean, as a journalist, what I like to do is help other people understand the world in a wider way.
0: Mm -hmm. Because,
1: uh, you know, and so that's one of the things – in journalism you're taught um, is that there are many narratives and people's points of view have value even if they're different from yours or from each other and and mm-hmm. that was uh, I think that was kind of what fair and balanced <laughs> originally meant
0: I, um, I remember fair and balanced
1: wow. yeah Wow. And now it's like a marketing term. It's like natural. Like you stamp yes. natural on yes. something and oh, this Lord. is fair and bad. No, the whole what, – what has happened, the distortion of – oh, I almost can't – I choke on the word truth-telling. It's so – it's been so um, disorienting these last few years. But back in the day, uh, newspapers did do that. They really prevent they, – They would. you were taught to present different points of view. And then, of course, there were the editorial pages where you could really just take one point of view and say why it's right. And uh, uh, yeah, and I uh, I ended my uh, time in print journalism, having been a um, a a full time TV critic. That's what I the way to get Mm -hmm. an office at the Chicago Tribune to get your own office and you could turn off the fluorescent lights and just cozy. The way to do that was to become a full time critic. So I was able to do that and chose television because it, television is the world i mean and um was a way to comment on everything including how television was sort of taking over people's um free time
0: yeah that's a separate show i'm bookmarking that for a whole other conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: but we're still distracted by these small screens So, you know, it's the screen is now we are tethered to the screen in a way that we never have been before.
0: It really is amazes me. I I think we're of a similar generation. And it's just the idea of because it drives people crazy when I'll go to dinner with people or out to meal or to somebody's house and cook. And I will set my phone on the counter and it'll just stay there. It'll just stay there until we're done and we're leaving. Yeah. I don't have to check it. I don't feel inclined to need to like, oh, oh, what's happening this second? I don't need to know. I know too much already. I don't need to be like, what's <laughs> yeah. happening now? What's happening now? What's happening now? I don't care. The world is going yeah. on. It'll be there yeah. when I come back. So yeah. I have that as a yeah. way of thinking.
1: Well, it, it's interesting that you even take it in the same room. I mean, I just like to leave it home or leave it in the next room. But then what the it, it, appear, it it's it's taken on a Character of but I was you know, they're expecting me to answer them right away So to step away from (laughs) it can are rude I don't like to be unkind in that way, but I've missed some beats of the conversation because I'm not in the conversation anymore I'm living my life So shocking
0: um, idea (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would like to start this is an unusual place to start, but it's something I'm very interested in I'd like to start in In All is Well, COVID edition, there's a chapter where you talk about stand up for yourself. Would you talk about that? I just think this is such a great technology. Why isn't everybody doing this? And the benefits.
1: Stand up for yourself or a standing desk?
0: A standing desk. Well, the chapter is called Stand Up for Yourself.
1: Yes, okay, because it's interesting because both are true. You, sh- you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> have to stand up for yourself, particularly when it comes to medical care, for sure. Right. But Incredible. the standing desk, no, it's one of many obsessions um, <laughs> that I benefit from as a result of writing the column all those years. The evidence, 10,000 studies have shown. Now, Richard, I have a question. Why do you think after, like, the first 300 <laughs> show that that sitting is really harmful to the body. Why do you think they have to continue to the ne- next nine thousand? Because it's not getting out. That a st- sitting and sitting and sitting, sitting right. at your desk, sitting in the car, sitting at the table—all of that sitting is really bad for the flow of energy in your body, for well-being, for digestion, for all kinds of reasons. And I'm saying this again. I'm not the scientist. But I've seen scientists look at this and what happens with it. So yeah, standing desk. Why not? Um, I just got very. Um, I, I, I'm very involved with preaching for standing desks, and I and I'm paid nothing for saying this. I want to say. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. I wonder what I would do if someone said, "Come on, here." Here you can we'll right. take you to Mars, and you promote our sanding desk. I don't
0: exactly. Think. Yeah, I'm. I'm. When I work, sometimes I work with clients who want me to come regionally, and work with them. And or even I work with a lot of people that I've never met for almost a decade where I help them in their system design their station for doing a show or a podcast. or I don't like the oh. podcast, but do a show, that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm always advocating for a standing station. And they're like, what? You mean you stand? Yeah, I stand all day long, and I like it.
1: Me um, too. And, you know, I I'm going to tell you, this, this is going to be very geeky of us, but there's a hmm. new design of a standing mm. desk that is so simple and so elegant because my first one in probably you two it was um well i didn't want an industrial table you know mm-hmm. that wasn't the look and so i got something that sat on top of my desk but it mm-hmm. weighs i don't know 22 pounds it's called can i say the name should i say the sure. name sure sure it's a good design it's um because it there's no batteries or nothing electric you just lift it up and it and then you you, you, you you have to arrange it, as you well know, so that you're ergonomically correct, so that mm-hmm. your eyes are looking at the screen, and your hands are at a, a, a good angle, a 90 degree angle, so you're not straining your wrist up or down. So you got a, a little, you know, it's wonderful that you work with people to set it up, and also to let them know that don't overdo it at the beginning. If you mm-hmm. once your legs begin to tire, respect that and sit down. Um, you know sit down and rest and build up over time so that you don't present orthopedic problems to your doctor but mm-hmm. um, what do you what do you like about it i'm asking you um
0: um i just like the way i feel at the end of the day but as we were talking backstage and the audience is well aware i was a chef for a long time so i'm already oriented towards standing ah okay
1: and well, i know that i just yeah. feel
0: better at the end of the day yeah i'm tired everyone would f-
1: yeah, yeah, because you, you have better. energy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, and and there are some standing desks that come with little treadmills or yeah. uh platforms where you're working your feet, which is also beneficial. It strengthens if, if you work your feet <laughs> um, it strengthens your leg all the way up and gets you know, opens up rivers of energy, et cetera, et cetera. So it's um it's one of these undiscovered um, what do you call it? A health hack that everyone right. should be doing. Everyone. And now I was telling you before. So, so the very desk, which is the first one, I got. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was like about four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and heavy and hard to put away. But I was in. I was. I was in doing some research for a simpler way, and there's. It's a design that is four pieces of wood. And you, it's arched in a way that you, the top piece carries your uh, monitor, whether it's a monitor mm-hmm. or a laptop. The second mm-hmm. piece is for your the keyboard, mm-hmm. and next to the keyboard is the mouse. And it disassembles. Anyway, I don't even know the name of it, I, but if, it can be found online. But it it means you could, and you can have a desk anywhere, standing.
0: That's desk. wonderful. <laughs> That's great. My favorite. Um spin off of this was when I interviewed Jordan Gruber who's also a Marin County resident um, he wrote the book on rebounding and so when G- Jordan is talking to you he is standing he is standing on at his standing station on a rebounder. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't mean he's jumping in the air it doesn't mean he's doing athletics it just means that he's gently bouncing all day long which is stunningly great for the lymphatics and yes. also as you said yes. you know keeps your legs exercised because you're kind of balancing and in motion and it's a completely unconscious thing
1: And your I your body it loves a
0: monic- yes being the, in motion the
1: truth is your body loves to move it i yeah. mean it, it loves to sleep too but during yeah. the but when you can move it it will it benefits you it's uh it's kind of too bad you know that so much of sports has to do with extreme like running a marathon or a lot of the coverage of fitness always portrayed movement as such an extreme effort when the truth is just move your body however you do it do it safely do it sanely and then find a way to enjoy that movement Mm -hmm. and for some people i know it will be extreme sports but for other people it might be tai chi or yoga Mm -hmm. or wall climbing you know find the movement you love and do it um, but uh, so much of you know with kids particularly so much of the athletic introduction to sports is with this competitive idea instead of find the fun
0: right and um, it's all about the it's all about the competition versus the just having the pleasure of getting together with a group and doing something
1: yeah and finding the pleasure in moving your body because that's what sticks with you I mean, I'm, I'm old, you're old, we're in our 70s, let's, right. I'm going to guess mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate. I mean, it sounds like you've had an interesting and good life. I certainly have. And I really think that this uh, understanding of how to take care and respect your body and partner up with it is just so, it's such an important conversation. It's a relationship
0: what a radical idea sure. the idea of being in relationship with your body
1: yeah wow. yeah instead of going <laughs> yeah. to the doctor and saying fix me what do you what do you yeah. got because like, something's my problem. not
0: working would what you fix you this and send yeah. it back and yeah
1: and and the problem with fixing it is that they're trained to dispense drugs right. most of Western medicine and this is what we've seen happen in healthcare care for oh, the last 40 50 years for sure
0: yeah And what was it about the pandemic that made you realize we needed an all is well, second edition? I mean, the, the all is well, first edition was really good. And then you up leveled in the second edition and we'll get to some of the up levels, but what was it that you went, you know, we need this upgrade here.
1: Oh, I was in the soup. Like everyone was in the soup of fear, anxiety, Mm -hmm. Um, I had had pneumonia three or four months before um, COVID hit, let's say. Uh And uh, I knew my lungs were vulnerable. They said, old people, beware, it's going to go to your lungs. And it was just a tremendous amount of fear and panic during that time, which no no one could escape. No one knew what was going to happen. So... um, and then, as the story unfolded, I mean, to think about training as a journalist is that you realize a story is here, and the story of the global pandemic was top of mind to everyone, for and still is to some extent, you know, <laughs> uh, because the world changed in remarkable ways. So I, I thought, oh, I'm going to follow this as a journalist would, and see see what see what's going to happen with this. And during that time, um, my publisher called and creator's publisher and said, Marilyn, would you be interested in the second edition? Hmm. So, uh, yeah. So then it gave me kind of a purpose to really track on it. And I did. And it was, you know, I, um, one of the things I write about in the book is I was so, of course, you're impressed with everyone stepping up and the you know, so grateful that there were the frontline workers and hospitals and the people bearing the dead and giving food and, you know, people did rally. Um, And I'm grateful for that. What disappointed me is that our public facing officials who deal with public health in this country didn't remind people in a serious way that you have an immune system. You have an innate immune <laughs> system. And yeah, you can do something starting today. You, don't have, you know, yes, we're working on it as hard as we can, as fast as we can. We're going to get these vaccines to you as quickly as we can. But meanwhile, here are some things, three things you can do with your family. Sleep more. Eat real food. I'm just summing up. <laughs> and move your body. I mean, I know... I know it sounds ridiculous in a certain way, but if that had been part of the public health messaging, it would have made a difference. It would have made a difference, and we'd be two years into a healthier population instead of what we have. You know, when we started COVID, and Richard, and I know you know this, but people wonder, oh, my God, why is COVID so horrible in this, in this country? Why are more Americans dying? Well, we started out as a very... I won't say very. It's an unhealthy population to begin with. We're listed um, as 35th among other nations. Wow. 34 other countries have healthier populations than we do. In the U.S., um, longevity is actually going down. Other countries, it's going up. The amount of – (laughs) anyway, so it's kind of – it, and it's, but but that wasn't being discussed because that would be like kicking someone when they're down. Let's help mm-hmm. people get better and uh, overcome and and work through the challenges of COVID. So back to your very kind and softball question, why did I write it? Is because you know as a journalist talking to people for 43 years every week about their personal well-being, I thought there were things they need to be reminded of. And um, while you're grateful for all the things that have been done in the name of public health in this country, uh, the other reality is you've got to take care of yourself. Self-care is the best care. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was, I can't remember. I, by now I've read and heard you speak so much, and I mean that in a good way, in doing research for the show. That there was a conversation and it may have been with ed harold that i mm. heard one of you say why don't they tell us to boost our immune systems in reference to the talking heads and yeah. that is that has been one of my grinds ah. and i can have some really bad words i can't use on air but i would really like mm. to to express my <laughs> feeling about not once have i heard any of the talking heads say hey maybe take 500 milligrams of vitamin c three times a day go for a walk, maybe sit down and turn off the social media and relax and breathe. There's none of that. I haven't heard anybody, you know, people like you and Ed and others that I listen to, we're all talking about it, but the big talking heads that are out there, nobody said, do something good for your immune system today.
1: But you know, it's true, but you know what? The word is getting out. As I say, as a journalist, I like to look at the story unfold, and I think that you were very nice to quote that line about you know red state blue state people are, it's about the state of our well-being and everyone is sick and tired of being sick and tired mm-hmm. and i think that this is you know that if if you look to i don't know what to call it establishment media mainstream media i mean they're um there are many many places to look for support and community when it comes to self care let's say it doesn't mean that you're outside the system you want to you want to engage with our system in a way that leads you to personal well-being that's that's the that's what i have in mind for people who read this their personal well-being and hospital system has been very disappointing um I'm just uh, just uh, something I just learned the other day, which was shocking to me. Last year, Congress passed a bill that required hospitals to post their prices. If you're going to be at this hospital for a, a lung CAT scan, here's what it costs across mm. the board. All hospitals. It was actually legis- real legislation it has a name and it passed, and it. it so. Um, and I'm so sorry that I don't remember who was. It was a journalist who had uncovered this. So that law passed. 84% of hospitals in the country are not in compliance. Um, meaning wow. that people are still continuing to go to the hospital, uh, some uh, an emergency, whatever. Everyone says, "Oh, you'll need this, and we'll do this CAT scan, and then you'll have to have your blood test," and they just pile on what you need. Of course, you're not in the position to not take it. Um, And then at the end, you're presented with a medical bill that creates over and over and financial strain. And, you know, what is more stressful than someone saying you owe the hospital $50,000 when you don't even have enough to put dinner on the table? So it's um, it is a. So that's why I go back to (laughs) self-care. You know, you have to um, figure out ways that you can prevent injuries really mm-hmm. i know that sounds watching mm-hmm. but just in a positive way just do some you know eating real food how about that that's something we we've talked about before tell me how important it is you're a chef to eat real food
0: it's not hard <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i know some people think it is um but really just eat real food Stop eating stuff, you know, shop around the edges of the store. That's my motto, Um, who I think I got from Mira Carlton, who uh, she and her husband are authors who've written a bunch of books and ideas on how to improve your health. And that's one of them. Shop the edges of the store. Stay out of the middle. That's where everything's in a box or a can or possibly. Now, I'm not opposed to flash frozen produce. Or seafood because I think that's a great way to keep things very stable. But just shop the perimeters. Go to the produce department. And all that I, I, kind of. Okay,
1: thing. so in honor of the listeners to your wonderful program, what does that really mean? Because I'm going to say, when people say, "Oh, you know, I uh, I I don't eat very well. I, I'm on a budget," or the assumption is, is that people who are have to be careful with their money can't eat well. I and I agree with you. I don't think that's true, but that we are so uh, persuaded that um, processed foods are cheap foods, so let's eat those. And that mm-hmm. has created, again, this is not a secret. Processed foods have created tremendous health problems for this country. Obesity yeah. being one of them. Right. Um, there are many causes to obesity, I'm not, but I'm not, uh, in, I'm not pointing at just one thing. But the, many, many journalists have reported on the harmful effects of many of the additives in processed foods. We know this.
0: Right. Well, what, what, I, what I believe and what the Carltons, I think, were talking about was shopping the perimeter of the food. The produce department is never in the middle of the store. It's <laughs> always on the edge. The Typically, the meat, poultry, seafood departments on their edges of the store so it, it means avoid the things in boxes. Yes, maybe you need to have some cornmeal or you need some polenta, or you need some grain or you need something that does come All in a right. box. Okay, good. But don't <laughs> be buying the fake Don't be buying the prefab pizza. I know it seems like a good way to go, but ultimately it's going to be more cost effective to make your own food. And yep, yep. you are getting food from the produce department. Now, if it's organic, that's a bonus round. But at least be eating yeah. produce, be eating fresh yeah. seafood, be, be eating fresh local, if possible, local. We're lucky in that our area, we're both in Northern California, and we have wonderful people out in Marin County that are raising, as we speak, they're out talking to their grass-fed cows who are going to have yeah. a really amazing life and then one bad day. But they have, they're grass-fed, they're grass-finished. We have a, um, there's amazing resources. Those are around the perimeter.
1: Richard, we are so fortunate to yeah. have. It's not even so much the food resources; it's the awareness of why real food matters. That is where the I think where it, it the the issue is is that they think they're you know, people are eating all these foods, think it must be okay if it's legal. How bad could it be? You know, even, remember. I mean, Michelle Obama came in and with all of the force of nature that she is and her number one issue was we're going to turn this around and we're going to overcome childhood obesity and, and, and the food, it didn't work out quite the way she wanted, though it was a very important message for people. we kind of, it's receded and yes. um, and <laughs> um, so uh, but i want going back to a more positive thing i not only do i think people can on a budget i know they can um have real food interesting fun food but i think in the it would be so helpful if people cooked more together you know that it's not just some some single person stuck in the kitchen Doing, but making it a, a family activity. I do kind of. I, I know it's wishful thinking, but I do write about that in the book. If you can get your kids involved in chopping and eat, and, and that that is a great way to turn a, a crappy eater into. A child who's at least more interested in vegetables and real food and real food get them growing it get them cooking it making it fun as an activity I know Mm -hmm. you like to cook groups don't you
0: I love the cooking groups and that was one of that was one of my forms of entertainment even when I was professionally cooking going to friends homes and having food and possibly wine well no always wine Um, have food and wine and conversation you know, yes, that's, yes. that is a wonderful form of entertainment. People enjoy watching me cook or cooking with me. Um, I'm not yes. one of those mean yelling chefs. I Well, maybe. Um, but, you know, in a kind way, in a, in a teaching moment, like, no, don't do that. And I'm, don't yes. make me say it again. But you know, <laughs> it's entertainment. You know, there is that wonderful thing. There's a lot of videos I, I've seen of people online will show moments and, and mothers showing their kids how to make a tortilla or how to, you know, make things, and grow up in that culture of, look, we make food. Yes. It's it's um, not rocket science. It's just getting
1: back, I mean, it's very encouraging to me, because I think that's, you know, I think that in homes across America, and around the world, that will, is coming back. And in spite of the forces that want us to eat out of cartons and Consume things that are, yeah. But back to the scene that you're painting about in the kitchen, and people are having fun and drinking wine. Yes, that's what well-being feels like. You could eat bacon tacos that night, and mm. your your health would not be affected. Right. I believe if you're yeah. in an environment where food, you know, you're tasting the food, you're enjoying the food, and of course, you're eating and 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 you're going to be more likely to eat appropriate amounts because we know that food chemistry now we can eat that food and it doesn't even register in our bodies as having eaten food the technology mm-hmm. is that good it's yeah. um know that so that you can have 10 potato chips and that not taste one of them let's have another 10 and I am the person who's eating that 30th potato chip so i <laughs> yes <laughs> but I'm just saying that there, are, um, the, it requires a kind of vigilance, this idea of self-care. But what I really want people to think about, uh, what a pleasure it is. It is a pleasure to record, to write down, what have I done today for my well-being? Just write it down. And even if it's one thing, just feel good about that one thing. You have to start somewhere. But this idea of taking care of yourself and doing the things that – make your body like the stand up desk or the, it's if you if you write down at the end of the day or the beginning of the day if you take note of it it matters it helps you create new behaviors and rewire your brain so wouldn't mm-hmm. that sounds like a good idea doesn't it
0: that sounds like a good idea i'm i'm a yeah, lifelong learner I, I can't i can't help myself but try and learn something every day it just happens and yeah. I think it's a great thing. It keeps the brain flexible. As you said, some of us are in our 70s. And we're still learning. Learning is good. Oh, yes. It makes my brain happy. I get endorphins from learning. Um, yes. So I think can, learning is they, a... Yeah. Go ahead.
1: No, I, I, I'm, I'm just cheering you on. I think it's, I think it's absolutely, absolutely true. I want to go back for a second and ask you a question. Why do you think, since... I guess it's because you know as a chef how to pull things together. But why don't more people eat well? I mean, why do you think, <laughs> from all the people you've spoken to, why do you think obesity is such a, that such a huge problem in our country and other countries aren't suffering in quite the same way?
0: Well, I think part of it is the, the result of the, what I will call the Kellogg revolution of carbohydrates in a box are good. I think that's part of it, is this excessive amount of carb consumption. I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily a keto person. I guess I would be kind of a keto person, but that's more of a, a lifestyle thing. But mm-hmm. I think it's that relentless, you know, more carbs is good. I mean, I remember the Pritikin diet, and part of the Pritikin diet was when, you know, eat a loaf of French bread every day. <laughs> really? That was a thing? and he, That was like a thing. That was a revolutionary thing. I or the McDougal diet, right. where it was only, uh, you know, carby vegetables or the yeah. you know, versus the Atkins diet, which has now been reinvented kind of as a keto diet, where if you're eating good proteins, like as we've discussed in Marin, we have amazing grass-fed beef. If you eat grass-fed beef, you're getting the benefits of everything that cow ever ate, which is grass which has all the minerals and has all the sun vitality and all the micronutrients that are coming out of that soil. Because these yeah. cows, as we speak, they're out on the hills walking around with amazing <laughs> views of the coast. they just like, happy wow, cow. Happy cows. cows. Yeah. So I think that's part of it uh, is it's this excessive push of carbs are our friend because carbs are yeah. an industry that is subsidized yeah. by the government. And I'm not yeah. anti-carb. And, I will enjoy a yeah. bowl of popcorn, but not regularly. <laughs>
1: Go ahead. Yes. Yes. I think, but but that, you know, what you just said named already like six different diets. People have gotten whipsawed by yeah. diet. This diet, that to go keto, no protein, low fat. I mean, when I yeah. was on the beat, the worst mistake, um, I, I guess, I guess I made it too. Everyone did, is to. Talk about eating a low fat diet or a no fat yeah. diet
0: versus yeah. eating
1: full fat i'm sure I you know repeated that, and it turns out mm, not really true, and so many things are, are yeah. you know it's it, and and i think it and the pri- and uh, the price we pay for that is that ah I think people don't really trust um they don 't have the trust that they would in in a system. If it was really taking care of their needs instead of the needs of corporations to grow their profits, Right. if your public health yeah. system is paying more attention to that, right. yeah. Um, and 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 those are your listeners and my readers, and they're people. And I think you know it's a good time to be alive. <laughs> in, it's an exciting of,
0: time to be alive.
1: Yes, it's an and, and besides which we have no choice. <laughs> there's that it. we're this here our now
0: right, right. exactly <laughs> be it. here now because you won't exactly. be here long and that's <laughs> right it's not really long right. on the scale of things it's not that long um <laughs> no. i'm going to jump us to because i think this is such a there's so many other parts of the conversation about your book is the chapter on being a mouth taper this opens the whole realm of breath breathing nasal breathing and i know this is one of the sections that you really added in a big way to the current the latest edition of all as well is the breath work and i think part of that is from your work with ed herald and your own yes. like wow
1: yeah so talk it to us about big...
0: being a mouth taper
1: <laughs> yes i am happy to do that because it's once it changed my life i was uh let's go back dialing back a few years we're heading into COVID. They're telling everyone this is going to attack your lungs. I had just had pneumonia, uh, and um, so I said, "Okay, lung health, pay attention." And I, I'm, a, I'm a yogi. I love my. I love yoga. I love my yoga practice. I love everything about it—the philosophy. I'm a yogi, and I could do. Um, Nasal breathe. I could do what they call ujjayi breath during my practice. I could go an hour and a half just breathing in and out of my nose. Um, and but I never thought of taking it off the mat. And I began to study the difference between mouth breathing, which most all of us do, me included. I'm a mouth breather. So are you. People are not falling down because they're mouth breathing. But when I began to understand that nasal breathing is so much more efficient and so much more health-giving, I I could go on and on. It produces nitric oxide, which helps um, dilate your lung tissue so that you get a better exchange of gases. It, It also is very calming to your nasal breathing, is very calming to your parasympathetic to your nervous system, because it engages the parasympathetic nervous system. And I'm just going to say it's important that you know you're sympathetic. We've got two. We've been sympathetic. We've got the parasympathetic. We're always running around in the sympathetic. That is fight, flight, freeze. It's our our ability to cope with all the everyday chores and the long to-do list and the stress at work. We're in that mode. But for your personal well-being, benefits tremendously when you also engage the parasympathetic. That's rest, digest, relax. And when you, how do you get there? Well, you can get there meditation, I like can, other ways. But um, nasal breathing is a very quick and efficient way. You sit down. You begin to breathe calmly, slowly. Uh, in and out of your nose anyway yogis do this it's called pranayama it it, why didn't i know this i'd been (laughs) i'd been on the 40 on the well-being beat for 43 years i was embarrassed but i started to do it and ed harold who you've mentioned and i'm so glad you did because he's a master teacher of breathing and the benefits of breathing. I'm, a, I'm an oaf compared to his. He, he's, he's a rapid-fire explainer of why when you take in air in your nose, it's, it's warmed, it's used more easily. By He goes on and on with it. So I've, um, among the other books, I also read um, uh, James Nestor, a very popular book. Thank God he wrote that book, so I don't have to. It's called Breath. It's a huge bestseller. I've given away. 15 copies, minimal, friends of mine, because um, James Nestor, who's a journalist, writes in a very engaging way about why nasal breathing has been around for such a long time, why it's so important, and why it's kind of ignored by Western medicine. He's got 400 footnotes in the back of his book about the Hmm. science of nasal breathing. So once I... Found out about it. I uh, Ed Harolds was an early teacher, and I did my work. And I'm still nasal brain thing. And, and um, back to your point about the mouth taper, um, in the new book. It's the only all new chapter. I, it's like I just want people to realize that if one way to um, enhance their nasal breathing, when you're ready and when you're comfortable with the concept, is that you put a piece of paper tape across your mouth. Um, You can do it, now I say paper tape, not like duct tape or very heavy (laughs) adhesive tape. That would be a big mistake. You can do it vertically or you can do it up and down or horizontally, depends. And then you settle into bed and it would guarantee that you have seven, eight, nine, whatever you got Hours of uninterrupted nasal breathing which would be engaging your parasympathetic nervous system it tells your brain okay this is good you're safe everything's calm now and the body responds to that in a very positive way so uh, James Nestor talks about uh, taping your mouth I tried it Um, the first night I must say I thought I would wake up dead I did have that feeling (laughs) But then, you know, I did it, Richard, and from the first moment, it felt, oh, this is good. It's like, uh, like that feeling when you put warm socks, you put socks on at night, and your feet feel warm. It's that nice flush of, oh, okay. And it's, I've been doing it for I don't know a couple of years, and it's, my sleep was good, and I've been very fortunate, and I'm grateful I found this technique and can tell other people about it.
0: And. I've tried ever since I've interviewed Ed uh, several times. And, I'm, and I was aware of nasal breathing, but I really didn't get it until I did the, the first show with Ed. Okay. And I try and do it regularly. I've done athletics where I used to, for 15 years, I pumped iron. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger iron, but just like serious. It was, it was my meditation was going to the yes. gym to pump iron. And I would be there with guys, a few guys or women or, you know, whatever's that would be like Ed who'd be breathing through their, and this is a long time ago, where some of the people would be breathing through their noses and other guys would like, like to, as Ed would say, like to be, you know, shouting and breathing and snorting and, you know, <laughs> but the quiet ones like Ed would be at the gym quietly just in the corner breathing through their noses and pumping iron like crazy. Yeah. And they always had a certain sense of, I, I know, again, having been a chef, inventing some, shall we just say, hectic situations. <laughs> there was always a moment where you just had, to, I wish I had known when I was running kitchens, I would have liked to have taken five minutes before we opened the restaurant with the whole crew just doing some nasal breathing for like five minutes, three minutes, yeah, just to get everybody yeah. into a state of like, okay, yes, we're in panic mode, but let's just take a moment here. Because yes. panic mode opening a restaurant is a, not ever fun <laughs> because yeah. something's gonna yeah. like blah, somebody's gonna. So out. would you do if I mean would you use it now? Would you have the courage
1: yeah. to tell everyone to okay? Yeah. Okay, good because it's a, it's such a smart and fun thing to do. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, just people will they appreciate that because they get a felt sense right away of, oh, okay, I'm in a different place now. But it can't be two breaths. It probably needs enough to where they settle in. Good for you. It's a very, um, and it's also, besides calming, it has so many positive physiological effects on every system of your body. Again, I refer to any of your listeners, all of your listeners, to James Nestor's book Mm -hmm. called Breath, Mm B-R-E-A-T-H. And yeah. my own, of course, but I just give. Sure, I mean, it was just one of my big ahas. And back to uh, your question about why write a second edition, I said I have to tell more people about nasal breathing, because, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, COVID and uh, remember when, oh, in the early again in the early days when people were short of breath, um, couldn't breathe, or and the advice from the CDC in the early days, and and I say this with. With pain, they're telling people to stay home. You're feeling symptoms, stay home. And when you get really sick, come to the hospital. Yeah. And that turned out, in retrospect, to not be the best advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody would be... um, and, and And rather than them doing something like nasal breathing or even meditate, even if you don't do nasal breathing, just, you know, something to calm... And support the parasympathetic system and take us out of that flight or fight mode.
1: Exactly. Yes. Well, we we our medical system is not based on you know it's not healthcare. It's others have said it's right. sick care
0: because yeah.
1: it it is a system for profit and there's more profit when there's more sickness. That's just how it is. This is not. <laughs> that's that's the system. And that's why I think. Again, when I talk about self-care, it's not that you're out of the medical system. it's that you're navigating through it in a way that makes sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and, and doing and being I think so much of it, you know, it's like cooking. It's good to be in a community of people who enjoy food and enjoy. And it's good to be in a community of people who are um, willing and open to explore some of the fantastic therapies and techniques of the East. And that's, mm-hmm. it's the East and the West that have so much to contribute in their own ways. And I, I, and I think if you can find, just as a consumer of health care, an integrative practice, you're more likely to learn about nasal breathing and less, uh, and, and nutrition. We even, even taught, you're a chef, you know. I mean, doctors don't even, they still, when I started the column maybe 45 years ago, I think they were maybe, okay, doctors, out of four years of medical school, maybe they would have 15 hours of nu- nutritional understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: it's come up a few hours, but they still know nothing. Most yeah. doctors, MDs, are coming out of medical school with a, not well-informed about the effect of food on healing and health. It's just not part of their training. So, yeah. um, And yet for the humans, for the people, you know, we... Our nutrition, it's so important to who we are and how we feel. So we can't, um, yeah, so we have to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I want to jump to asking you about, you have a chapter in here talking about practice de-aging. What do you mean by that?
1: Ah, de-aging came to me from, Kazuaki Tanahashi, and we've named a few notables in our area in Northern California, and Kaz Tanahashi is just a magnificent human being who is a world-class calligrapher. He's the translator of Dogen, Dogen Dogen, the great philosopher, uh, starter of Zen Buddhism. Anyway, Kaz is an amazing guy. And uh, it's, it's written 20 books, again, Kazuaki Tanahashi. And I'm lucky enough to be a friend of Kaz. Mm. And he was visiting me one time, and he told me about his theory of de-aging. And I took notes on it, and I, was, you know, I wrote it up for the book because I think it's such a wonderful concept. So it it, it, it has to do with quantum physics. I'm going to summarize um That we know know, that at any moment, something is either um, a wave or a particle, right? That's what we know from it. So it's always changing its state. So Kaz makes the leap from that to saying so that at any moment, at any given moment, you have the ability to influence that moment with your choice. So he says, so for instance, you can decide to eat an ice cream cone, or go for a walk. That's your decision. And if you choose, depending on what you choose, in Kaz's view, and I think in my view too, you're either aging or you're de-aging.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, I know there's, I've, I've left a lot of dots unconnected. <laughs> I know that. But does that explain it? It does for me. Okay. <laughs> and and I would like
0: to the, add. And I would like to add to that. And if you make your decisions from a parasympathetic position, <laughs> it's probably going to be more balanced and at ease doing it than coming from a place of "Oh my God!" Which oh, we can save absolutely. for when that dinosaur is changing it, chasing us. Save that <laughs> yes. for when the dinosaur is actually coming after us, not for should I go for a walk or have an ice cream cone. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: It's such a, you know, cause I think you know how you look back in your life and different people have said phrases like in The Graduate where the guy says, you know, the future is plastics and like Mm -hmm. a moment in time. So I think I was asking Kaz sometime. I don't think I asked him what's the secret of life. But what he said to me is the secret to life is moving slowly. And I, I still aspire to that. But the closer I get or the slower I get, the more I see the um the benefit of that throughout your body in every cell of your you know, it at the cellular level and beyond. To get and, and of course that's why people meditate, right? To get to that state, that steady state of non state, of, of emptiness. Which is anyway, you you, you know, there is uh but i I will say that as a journalist in this area, Richard, of personal well being it's been. I've been so fortunate to be able to access so many different um, it, different teachers and wise people, and I, and uh, and communicators, and you. You know what what you're doing with your show is so valuable to help people get the word out, and 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 bring it out of them in the way that you do. It's skill.
0: Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's like you it's like you feel the privilege of all these people in your world of being a writer that you've met. I feel the same way about what I do with the people mm-hmm. that I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing such as yourself, Ed Harold, Pam Mosley, Jonathan Wright, I mean just, you know, Candace Pert. I mean everybody down there it's it's been an honor and a privilege to do that with people. And have that that experience of having conversations with these people is Great.
1: <laughs> Just great. Yes. Yes. Purd, you name a name, and I almost can't not say what, what remarkable work she did.
0: She was an early writer about mind, kind of in quantum physics. I can't think of the name of her book right now. She's yes, deceased I, now, yes, but it was she a was, mind book. She was book.
1: highly placed in the National Institutes of Health. Uh, you know, with a very prestigious position, at a time when the idea of neurochemistry, your brain influencing your body, even though that that is something that is recognized as a, a truth in other places, in Western medicine, it was a long time coming. And she mm-hmm. was early on to say, no, there's neurotransmitters and neurochemicals, and it does have an effect. I, I hope I'm doing justice to her work because I'm a little foggy out of myself, but I know it was such an important bridge to understanding. And, you know, we still, um, you know, the work that's, that we're hearing um, out of the neuroscience of the last 20 years, for so long when I was writing about, Health and well-being and well and all of that. The common thinking was your brain was just kind of you know you're born with brain cells and then they just it's all gonna go away and die. <laughs> it's gonna right. all slowly disappear. But the right. truth is the brain is vibrant and has is neuro has neuroplasticity and continue mm-hmm. to grow and make mm-hmm. new connections. And even this is the sh- most shocking and wonderful thing of all. The brain can rewire itself. It needs help. It needs direction. It needs smart um, neurophysicians to help. But you, as a, I think it's one of the best things I've heard about health and well-being, the um, realization that under the proper guidance and direction, you can rewire your brain and do remarkable things you didn't think you could do before.
0: Right. Her book was Molecules of Emotion that finally rolled up in my mental Rolodex. Oh, thank you. Yeah, way before people were thinking about, and with her background as a neuroscientist, it was like what? (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah,
1: well, it you know, change. People are, I don't know. uh, Instead of embracing that kind of change, it's been slow to come again to the medical establishment. But I'm a big believer in. Listen to medical authorities. Yes, listen to medical authorities, but become your own medical authority on your yeah. body and what it needs. Because you, if you read an article that says uh, you must have vitamin B12, this is why it's so important, you don't really know if your body needs B12 or not. You have to get that blood work done. You've got to figure out what's your parameter. You have to do a little work and find yeah. people to help you do it uh, and understand it's, so, um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yes, but we, we have the ability to, to do that. It's going back to this concept of de-aging. It doesn't, de-aging doesn't really just happen when you're 75. It happens when you're 25 yeah. and what you choose to do or 45 with your time and um, with your heart and with your mind and your body.
0: Right. Please walk away from the devices. That's what I would say. As we move toward the close, that's what I would say. Please just walk away from the devices for a while. So,
1: yeah, be conscious that, yeah, it's so hard now. I wouldn't be able, I couldn't have a job today. I, I, you know, what people are, they're given no choice in a certain way. They must be tethered to their devices or have yes. a very hard time functioning in the, a world that they're already calling a metaverse, as though right. we've all signed up for that.
0: <laughs> That's another show. I'm bookmarking <laughs> that, that. We can have a whole conversation about the metaverse.
1: Wow. Anyway, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. This Thank has
0: you. been wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, th- we're at that point where I want to ask you, if you are for the listening audience, tell people where they can find out more about you, and where you would like them to find all as well the art and science of personal well-being, the COVID edition. Ah, uh,
1: okay. So here it is. So the book is a. Uh, uh, is on Amazon. I think the easiest way to get it is on Amazon. Um, it's uh, that's distributed there. And um, but what I would love people listening to do is go to a YouTube channel. Um, I made some videos. I really this was again. I, I said no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. Ended up making 22, 30 second little videos. Based on all as well, based on the book and based on me um so and and there Marilyn Preston, all is well the art and science, uh, all uh, on youtube they're gathered there, they're also floating around on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. I don't do this I have a pathological resistance to <laughs> posting on social media i i i want i'm I want to you know team up with others who are similarly afflicted. I cannot do it don't want to do it but thank goodness it is being done and I and uh, I'm very proud of them and I think they're funny
0: <laughs> YouTube I was going to talk about the YouTube channel but we ran out of time the YouTube channel is really great it, there aren't multiple hour lectures they're just little snippets of here's a thought all by you it's really it's not only witty but it's good information little quips <laughs> of like what about this what about that Go for a walk. Yeah, you know yeah. It's really good information. So I'll put that in the show notes as well.
1: Okay. Well, that's very kind of you. And, uh, and, and thank you. it was a way for me to grow, to say yes instead of saying no. I'm glad they're done. They're out there. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, again, thank you so much for, uh, for this conversation and to, uh, to talk to you about all that.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Marilyn. That was, I knew it was going to be fun, and it was even funner. And with that, uh, everybody else have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.